Welcome to episode number 53 and part two of my interview with my friend Bud Kleppi from CarTech Books and the Scat Pack Club on Instagram. CarTech Books is offering listeners of Talking Mopars 30% off the book, Dodge, Scat Pack, and Plymouth Rapid Transit System, Chrysler's Muscle Car Marketing Programs 1968 to 1972, when you use the code TALKINGMOPARS at checkout. Friends, there are only a handful of these books left, and when they're gone, they're gone, so get them now while they are still on the shelves. Before we get started here, i got to tell you about the next round of voting for the Build Mopar Project car, the Dart Pack. Now, if you aren't familiar with the Build Mopar Project, be sure to check out all the details at buildmopar.com. But to sum it up, it's a cooperative build project where the build of the car is determined solely by us, the Mopar community. In each round of voting, we choose different aspects of the build, including everything from the car itself all the way to the color, engine setup, and more. So far, we have voted to have a 1968 Dodge Dart Superstock Tribute car painted burgundy iridescent with a Whipple Supercharged 6.4 based 426 cubic inch stroker Hemi. As we speak, the vote for the transmission is underway, so head on over to buildmopar.com to cast your vote on what transmission will try to hold up to over 1,000 supercharged horsepower. Speaking of modern Hemis, maybe you've been seeing a lot of modern Hemi swaps out there and you've thought to yourself, gosh, you know, I've always wanted a Hemi in my old Mopar. But Hemi swaps are just too dang expensive. You know, the wiring is too complicated, Hemis are too expensive, blah, 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 blah. I'm here to tell you that the days of complicated, budget-breaking modern Hemi swaps are over, and my friends over at DIY Hemi can help you. Through a lot of research, and I do mean a lot of research and development, DIY Hemi has become my preferred go-to source for anything related to swapping a modern Hemi into a classic Mopar. To learn more, check out DIYHemi.com and tell them that I sent you. Now, I'm sure you're ready for part two of my interview with Bud, and I am as well. So, without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Let me ask you this, going back to car tech. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you work for them, so you you love all their titles. And they've, I haven't seen a title from car tech that I wouldn't read. Um what are your top five books? Like if you Ooh, had, if you had to pick t- five, and I know this is a Mopar podcast, but if there's something that's not Mopar in there, don't be, don't be, feel ashamed. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I, I'll say it flat out, Mopar's not in the top five, probably not in the top 10, honestly. Um, yeah, you know, that's we, how we, good these books run, are. Mopar's a niche. I mean, it's a, you, you have to be a glutton for punishment like Mopar, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, I'm not sharing any secret here, but that's known. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we like cars that are overpriced. We like the parts that are overpriced. We like not having nearly as many options for aftermarket stuff, right? I mean, that's just, we're Mopar yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, some of our big books, like our probably our bestseller is like, um, would be the small block Chevy book. Those are going to be, yeah, that, that's going to be a huge book. Um, swap LS engines into almost anything. That's a huge book. Uh, weld like a pro. That's not a huge book. Um, automotive wiring. That's another really big one. Um, I'm probably missing a few other ones in there. Those, those are automotive body work. That's the, uh, you know, perennial. Um, some of those books are, you know, 15 years old and they're still selling tons yeah. because it's so, yeah, sure. it, the, the, the info is not dated. It's out, it's always there and it's the same. And, um, 
you know, and I, I'll, I'll say this because, you know, coming, I'm a big tech guy. I'm a big internet guy. I'm online, social media. Um, and people have always said, I'm like, books? Books? This is what I say to people when I say books it, it, compared to like a forum or a YouTube video. One, our information is vetted. Yeah, it's not some random Joe Blow guy doing it. Two, once you own the book, the author can't get mad and decide he wants to take all his pictures down. He can't yeah. lose his hosting for where he's hosting his pictures and you lose all that. The form <laughs> doesn't close. The post doesn't get deleted. You own it forever. So if you're looking at a project and you're like, well, I may or may not get to that in 10 years, you can buy this book, know that the information in it is good, and it's yours. You get to keep it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely. It's 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 yours it's i don't know so that that's always my big thing about when people well why would i do this over you know like a well i'll tell you why because i've had that happen to me when i go to find some information in some forum it's like this post is eight years old and all the pictures were in photo bucket and they're all gone yeah yeah photo bucket great (laughs) (laughs) great yeah it's funny when i was a kid i mean i i loved car magazines and then there was a period of time probably between the ages of 10 and maybe 13 where I was just a sponge for information, but I got in over my head. I would go once I, once I, you know, rummaged through all the magazines, I would go over to the book section and I would pick out books that I had no business buying, you know, and for a kid, you know, I'm spending my allowance on a $30 book and I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, cause I see the picture on the front and it's right. like how to build whatever. And I'm like, all right, I get home. And it is so technical. Right. I don't know what the hell I am looking at. But it's funny because even just flipping through and looking at like like the pictures and trying to decipher what I'm reading, because at that time I knew nothing, you know, technically. I still really don't know anything technically. <laughs> but back then I it was so foreign to me, but it opened a door. You know, as a kid, cars look cool, and if you're not I'm not one of those kids who was, you know, taking apart lawnmowers and things like that right. not until I got well into my teens. So when I was younger, it was looking at pictures, trying to figure out what goes where. And I remember seeing the first cutaway in a book of an engine and being like, wow, this is science. I don't know what I'm looking at, like <laughs> completely foreign to me. But I remember taking my first automotive class in high school. It was actually an elective during the summer so I can get an extra credit because I, at the time I thought I was going to be an automotive technician. Right. And the test to get into this summer class was an engine cutaway. And it had numbers pointing to all the different parts. It's like fill in what the parts are. And I, I looked at it and I was like, I've been looking at this shit for, you know, 15 years. I filled filled that out. He's like, this is the first time anybody's got a hundred on this. Nice. And I was like, hey, I couldn't tell you what it does. I mean, not that much, but I could at least tell you what it is. Right. (laughs) You know, and I have, I'm sure it was a car tech book that I saw those cutaways in because I would just, I mean, I loved Mopars, but back then, you know, Chevy's, I just grabbed whatever was on the shelf that looked cool. Like, oh, that looks cool. I think I'll grab this book and see if I can you know, right. sneak it in with the rest of the parents' stuff. And hopefully they don't see that it's thirty four ninety five or whatever it was. <laughs> right. and take it home and then end up hawking it 
five years later when the pages are still brand new because I, I read it three times and I still didn't understand what I was looking at. But um, getting back to Cartech and the books, what are your personal favorite books from Cartech? Well, obviously, I like the Dodge Scat Pack book and then Rapid Transit sure. System. That, that to me was such a great book. I, I, I really love that one. And that's my favorite one, yeah. to be honest. And sorry for a shameless plug, but I will say this that the book is going out of print and there are like 30 copies left. If you want, it's going one, out of print. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's, is there any way I can get one signed? That book is awesome. That that book was made for question. somebody I, like we, me. We'd have to we'd have to check with the author and see uh, what that process is like. Because yeah. I mean, if you can look around my office, it's full of old car ads and marketing. Yeah. I'm just so fascinated with uh, all, really, all the automotive marketing that was happening back then and advertising. But Mopars especially, I've tried to collect as much as I can, and um, that book, man. <laughs> That's probably my favorite book of all time. There's a yeah. lot of good books out there from you guys, but that one just struck a chord with me because it's something I'm so interested in. Yeah. And the depth that it goes into, and it really opens your eyes to a lot of the stuff that was happening yeah. um, my, during those days. My other one's got to be, it's uh, um, it was the Corvette Hunter. And it was a... Um, <laughs> I, it was a book uh, about finding, like, uh, you know, you know... Kind of like what you were doing, you know. It was, it sure. was a guy. He was, you know, searching for old, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, C one, C two, maybe a couple C three Corvettes um, yeah. that had racing history, and finding where cool. these cars were, and finding the history, you know, and restoring them, and or you know, doing all that kind of good stuff. And uh, it was, I think, the first book I read at Car Tech, and I got done with it, and I just went, no, because it leaves on a cliffhanger because it wasn't. <laughs> there was a huge fight over the ownership chain of one of the cars that he was talking about. And it wasn't settled when the book was published. And there, oh. so it was like, you can't leave me hanging. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're oh. killing me. So yeah, that was, that was the one book that I was, uh, I, I really enjoyed that book. And it it just, it just killed me that they, they didn't get resolution because it was still uh, in in progress. And it was, but it was a it was a really good read. It was a really neat to hear some of these histories of some of these race cars that have been, you know, long forgotten, and then somebody finds them and has no clue what they have. And, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's just interesting. Uh, definitely for me, the title alone got me when I saw that. I think I posted something about it. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> got some <laughs> <Yeah>. competition. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of us is published and one of us is not. <laughs> right? Yeah. He um, the the guy that uh, wrote that he actually owns a uh, Corvette restoration company. Um, and that, that's his, like his daytime job. And yeah, oh, it okay. was, uh, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it, like I said, it was a, it was a fun book. Yeah, that was, uh, it's a, it's a, it was a quick read too. It's not like a overly complicated, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not some huge novel, it's, but it, it was a really fun read. Like I said, it was, it, it leaves on such a cliffhanger. It just, you kind of just go, what? No, you can't be done. So <laughs> <laughs> way it goes. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't know a lot about how, the publication game goes do you guys specifically hunt out authors do they come to you how do you get these books yeah so most of the authors are we seek them out um occasionally we have people that will pitch us uh on a book but nine times out of ten we're pitching other people on a book we want done 
Um, and so oh. we have, um, you know, like a list of books that we, we think that would be good in the market. And we go, okay, we think this book would be good in the market. How do we find somebody that can write it? And then, so we have acquisition editors then go and, and, and go out and search for people. And, and that's a whole other job that I, I, I don't know how they do that. That to me, that is uh, remarkable that they can track people down that want to write books because I mean, we're not writing the next, you know, uh, it's not the next Harry Potter book, right? (laughs) (laughs) These aren't getting the publication numbers that uh, a major, you know, uh, you know, New York times bestseller is going to get. So you have to, you know, you have to find somebody that this is a passion for them. They, they want to, yeah. they want to contribute this. They want to be able to say, I wrote a book. This is my book. And it's a lot of work. I mean, it, it's from when we uh, first start with somebody, it could be anywhere 18 to 24 months before we get a finished product and we could actually have it on a bookshelf. It, it's not a quick process at all. I mean, so we, the author just uh, thankfully just has to write and then, for the history books, the hard part is you have to have somebody that has access to photos because if they have yeah. to go out and buy the rights for photos, it, it just doesn't work. I mean, the, the, the return on investment for buying every single photo in a book is just not there. So you have to like, okay, you want to write this history book. What do you got for photos? <laughs> you know, do you have a, do you have the photos for that? And then even for people that are doing like restoration books, you have to be able to take good photos. I mean, you, you can't just use your, no, yeah. I should say the new iPhones, the newest Android phones do great job taking photo, you know, taking photographs, but for the most part, it's not going to cut it for book publication. Um, you have to be able to deal with, take good pictures. You have to be able to, you know, write and, and put all that together. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, you say it's, I, to me, even two years seems really fast. I, the amount of work that goes into it though, it's, it's insane to me. And the fact that, you know, some of these books can be written in two years is unbelievable. And like, yeah. um, you introduced well, me to shoot Jeff, for. That's not Jeff always Sonkard. necessarily what we get. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we sometimes I, have you know, you hook me up really with... late and it takes a long time to get them, but yeah. you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Going back to the whole, uh, pictures thing. Um, you guys actually, uh, connected me with Jeff Stunkard with his book yeah. on the Motown missile. And that book is, I can't wait to have him on the show. I've been waiting for, um, his schedule to calm down a little bit. Cause he's, he's the auction guy and you right. know, Mopar action and all that stuff, which is awesome. Um, he was really fun to talk to. I can't wait to have him on the show to talk about this book. Um, it got to the point where I, I need to reach out to him soon because I don't want to forget what I've read and yeah. not that I would, <laughs> right. but I want it to still be fresh in my mind. Right. Cause I'm like, yeah. I, I started taking notes and I'm just like, Oh, I don't even know where to begin. So he's, he seems like a really good talker. So I, I told him, I was like, we're just, I'm just going to let you go. I'll have a couple little guidelines, but this book is just so amazing. The amount of, I can't wait for my audience to get, um, 
get uh, Jeff's point of view of that. But it's just so it's so crazy and so cool the amount of information that he got. One of the coolest books I've ever read. You know, especially if you're a Mopar guy or even if you're just a a fan of drag racing history. It's just an awesome book. The inside, like behind the scenes look you get is just it's really cool. I can't wait to talk to him. But yeah. enough fanboying out on Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I did want to ask you, we were talking about modern Mopars a little bit ago, out of out of the new stuff that has come out that like really new, like the really fresh stuff, you know, the Superstock Challenger, um, uh, the TRX truck, I think that's really cool. What What's your favorite, what's your favorite modern Mopar that's come out, say, in the past year and a half? Or even something that may possibly come out like the Wrangler 392, I think that's a really cool car too. Yeah. Um You can you can also go back to the 1320. I know you're a fan of the 1320. Yeah. I that was to me I thought that the 1320 Scat Pack was a really interesting car. Um you know that's obviously that's a little bit older. You know you're talking two and a half years on that now, but um Okay, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The the that to me was such a unique car. That you know, they were like, okay, let's take the demon. What what happens if we had a demon with a three ninety two in it? That's basically this the thirteen twenty car. It got all the the suspension bits. It got the, um, you know the the trans brake. It got all the the cool bits of the the demon, other than the engine. And with the uh, you know factory car with drag radials. I mean, that's like unheard of, unless it's Dodge, because Dodge is all unheard of things. But um, I, I was actually giving the guys crap on it when they introduced that car. It's like, wait, 20-inch drag radials? What, are you guys crazy? Why, why would you not do 18s or 17s? Why, yeah. why would you do 20s? And they're like, no, these tires really perform. I'm like, yeah, okay, you guys are pulling me a line. That's crap. That's There's no way that's right. And... Under stock power, as long as the motor's not been changed, if you're on stock power, those 20-inch drag radials do phenomenally well. And it's like the first time Dodge didn't lie, not lie, didn't massage the <laughs> Watch numbers your P's and Q's. <laughs> on the quarter mile. Yeah. Because it took sure. demon owners, what, a year and a half to hit the 965 in the quarter mile? Yeah, yeah. It took like... A minute and a half for 1320 guys to hit the 1165. <laughs> they were there. That was like just repeatable over and over and over. They just kept, you know, knocking that out of the park with the, uh, with that. I mean, it was a very repeatable, reliable. I mean, if you want a bracket racer car, go get a 1320. I mean, that is yeah. just phenomenal, is what it is. Um, what's the what's the top ten list looking like these days? Who's who's fast with the 1320? Oh, what's the you fastest? Know, when COVID hit, I kind of stopped paying attention to that list a little bit because it didn't seem like a fair race because a lot of tracks were closed. Yeah. Um, so I haven't really uh, dug into that list probably as, as good as I should have. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, 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 off the top of my head, I don't even know. It's unfortunate, but okay. um, there, there's a few guys still that are really kind of pushing the bound, you know, pushing the limits on those cars, but it's th sure. this year has been such a, wow. Well, yeah. I, I don't even need to get in that again, but, um, yeah. Other than a 1320, I I, I did a, a media drive uh, 
last year and the year before, but the year, the year before one was Challengers. And we drove the Challenger wide body scat packs and the Challenger wide body red eyes. Mm. The red eye was incredible. I mean, it, on the streets, I, that blew my mind. I mean, it was, um, it was amazing. Now we went on a really tight, uh, little racetrack road course up in New Hampshire, uh, club motorsport. It wasn't big enough for the red eye to really stretch its legs. And I felt really? the scat pack actually did better on the track because it felt like really? you were in that power band, you know, like you're, oh, okay. you're always kind of in that higher RPM. You're kind of always, you feel like you're always at peak performance where the red eye on that same track was, it always felt like as soon as you got up into the power, you had to let off because <laughs> you're, you're at the end of the, you know, yet you, you got to start breaking <laughs> you know? so sure, yeah. that tight, <laughs> that tight road track was like, Oh, this is, I actually prefer the scat pack over the red eye, but on the streets, Oh, that red eye was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beast. I, I couldn't even imagine. I haven't yeah. I haven't had the pleasure to even drive a Hellcat yet. The fastest I've ever driven, um, the fastest newer Dodge I've ever driven, um, was just the 392, and it was one of the earlier generations of the 392. And I, I was beyond impressed with that car. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, this could be dangerous for somebody. Yeah, and just the the fact that over the years they've just been getting faster and faster and more ridiculous. And I say ridiculous with love, Dodge. Right. Um, it just, <laughs> right. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, you know, I've said this before, aside from the golden era of muscle cars, this has to be the best time in history to be not just a car enthusiast, but a Mopar enthusiast, because they're just, I, I swear they're purposefully just going, I mean, how, how, how much longer and how much faster and how much crazier do these cars have to get before the federal government says, hey, no more. Right. You, know you feel I mean? like that's coming, I, right? Like it did in the 70s. I, I feel like, you, like you it's feel coming. Like it's, yes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're close to having that go, okay, Dodge, knock it off. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't keep doing this. Yeah, I'm surprised. Quick little funny story. So back in, it was 2018 okay. when we did that drive those cars. And um, I, it was either right after I got done with, no, it was, yeah, right after we drive got down doing those cars. I'm on this high of driving all these great cars. <laughs> and then my buddy had give you know, flipped me the keys to his car and he was in the passenger seat and let me drive. He has a it was a C six Z06 with fourteen hundred horsepower. Oh my God. I have never driven a car that had that much power. <laughs> and immediately made my time driving the Dodge go, wait, what? That I, it was a whole other I was and I got done. I was like, you bastard. <laughs> like you, you just wrecked my driving experience I had with this whole other experience of driving a car. Uh-huh. And just the the freight train pull of fourteen hundred horsepower in a vet with oh, a fifteen inch rear wheel on it, it was you know, something else. But it was a it was a it was a I, I just got a chuckle out of that because it was such a crazy uh you know, you go from a hundred thousand dollar red eye to you know a forty thousand dollar vet with fourteen hundred horsepower, and it was it was, a, yeah. it was an interesting <laughs> compare and contrast. Yeah, I I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Gosh, uh, one thing I 
I really want to get these people on the show and I really want to go to their school, the Bondurant Racing School. Yeah. That looks like a bunch of fun to me. I've been wanting to reach out to them for a while and talk to them because um, I, I don't know if they're still doing it, but for a while, I believe that if you bought an SRT Dodge new, that you got a free course. Do you know anything about that? That you could go down there as long as the the VIN or something hadn't been run through the school yet, you can take a free um, course on how to drive your Hellcat or whatever the yeah, SRT you I got was. I think they're still doing that. I'm not 100%. I know Dodge was pretty involved with Bondurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought they were still doing that with the the Hellcat purchases that you got to do, but I'm not I'm not positive on that. Yeah, um, I, I thought I heard a rumor that they uh, changed owners too, so I'm not sure what well, happened the there. Bondurant went through bankruptcy. There, there was oh really? Yeah, there there was some concern oh. that 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 was going to be gone and done, um, and that they might have been liquidated. But they were they able to? I, I I don't know. I think they went did the chapter thirteen versus seven or whatever it was, and were able to restructure oh, okay. and came back. Um, but they're they're back and strong doing what they do, and it's uh, I'm glad because it, it's. I think for a lot of people, especially when they get Hellcats, um, you know, that's a lot of horsepower, 700, 800. That's a lot of horsepower. And if your car before had 250 horsepower and you, you know, 300 <laughs> horsepower and you jump straight to the Hellcat, yeah. it's, it's a recipe for disaster. If you don't know how to respect the power. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, my buddy with the vet was a great example. He bought that car it did not have that much horsepower then. He bought it with maybe 600 horsepower. He had a Chrysler 300 SRT prior, and he bought this Corvette. He had it for 26 hours and goofed around with a little bit and put it in the wrong gear, spun it around backwards, and put it into a guardrail. Oh, God. Somehow managed to not total the car, even though they did like $30,000 in repairs on the car. Um, and so his custom plate said 26 hours just because of... It, that's, it was like his his reminder to himself of respect it because yeah. I only had this car for 26 hours and I totaled it. it nearly totaled it. Um, but it's that, that there's there is that thing with with Hellcats. It's like that's a lot of power that you need to respect. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna you're, you're gonna have a bad time. And Bondurant, Skip Barber, the places like that. Um, mm -hmm. here locally, you know, either racetrack, they do, they teach you how to drive your car. If you're not used to driving a high performance machine, you have to do those courses. You have to do them. Um, yeah. I mean, if you really, if you want to be able to take your car and drive it the way it should be driven, you need to take those courses. Absolutely. I, um, I always envision that when my daughter turns 16, I'd be like, all right, if you ever want to drive, hopefully by then I'll have something fast because I have nothing <laughs> that's fast now. <laughs> if you ever want to drive daddy's cars, you're going to have to go to this school and learn how to drive. Yep. But um, that's I thought that would be a pretty cool uh, birthday present for her 16th birthday. But um, I did want to ask you, you've driven the Red Eye. Yes. And, you know, that's uh, for a guy like me, that's one of those cars where it's like I would – I would die to drive one. I am curious because this is the first time I've had a chance to talk to somebody who's driven one. What are they like on the streets? Are they well-mannered? Can you drive them normal and not get crazy? And then as soon as you hit that fun pedal, it's all over. 
Yeah, it's, or it's are they just wild the whole time? No, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, it's the most docile car. If you just if if you're not you know if you're not treating the gas pedal like a light switch, and it, it's a yeah, it's a very docile car. I mean, it, you can easily cruise into town. You can do your cruise strips. You can do your you know go on a leisurely cruise with it. You can you know take it to work. It, it it's fine. But when you smash the go pedal, it goes. <laughs> I mean, it's. Um, I I don't know that I could personally own a red eye because I had fear that my wife had had to pull me out of jail. Um, it's just that it's that level of. This guy cut me off. I'm going to drive 180 miles an hour. Get away from him. You know. I I don't know that I can. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I can respect that level of power on a daily, you know, uh, occurrence, but it, it's I mean, for, for most, it, you can easily uh, drive that car. And as if you can, if you have the willpower to not smash the pedal down, you can easily drive that and not feel like if I blip the throttle wrong, I'm going to turn, send it sideways into a, you know, a phone pole or something. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah. You really have to be, uh, You'd have to have the whole car, you know, with all the ESP stuff shut off. With all the yeah. electronic stuff in the car, it's it, it prevents you from being stupid. <laughs> it's the best yeah, way to yeah. put it. And yeah. it really, yeah. it, it really, like I said, it prevents you from being stupid. Yeah, I was actually, it's funny you say that because I was going to say the newer car, even though they have a crazy amount of power, if you think back to when the Viper first came out, the safety features in the Viper versus one of the new cars is like night and day. The Viper was, yeah. it was like the car was trying to kill you, not yeah. that I've ever oh, driven absolutely. one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so it's interesting going, okay, that car had 400 something horsepower and these right. cars have double that. You know what I mean? And I've talked to Hellcat owners and they're like, oh no, it's, it drives fine. You wouldn't even know unless you, you know, like you said, right. light switch throttle. Um, right. So for me, I was like, okay, I could understand a Hellcat, you know, you can either not put the red key in it or you can just be easy with it. But you're talking about even more power. It just it's insane. The technology, you know, combined with the amount of power and just the platforms that they've built is just amazing to me. Yeah. And I, I that's where I I sit here and I say when I get a challenger. I'm pretty dead set on a Challenger just because I don't think I'll ever be able to afford a 1970 or 71 Hemi Challenger. So if I'm going to ever get a Hemi Challenger, it's going to be a new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I just I can't help but think that, gosh, you know, a Hellcat would just be so much fun. You know, it's like I I, I think I'm going to have to wait. But then again, if the right scat pack comes along, I I have a hard time saying no when I drive a car that I want and the wife isn't around. I tend to buy the stuff I want when the wife isn't around because she can't tell me no, and I can just ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. so that, that's the way it usually works. But um, with these, I've been starting to get away from one aspect of these little chats that I have when I talk Mopars with my friends, and that is the series of six questions that are kind of, it's like a rapid round. And I call it the six pack. Basically, it's a it's a six this or that questions. Okay, so sure. I, I would say something like a black shirt or a green shirt, and you say green shirt. Okay. Yep. Um, I think I've done this twice, and it was something that I, I just thought was cool, and I just never got around to still do it. So now that now that I have you, 
I want to do this. And I've actually been jotting them down because I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I want to bring back the six pack. I think that would be fun. So just as we've been talking, I've just been shooting down um, uh, the questions. So let's close out our chat with the six pack. Sure. All right. I'm ready. All right. Number one, Dodger Plymouth. Oh, Dodge. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking of my the old runner, but Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, thinking of the classics, not, not the modern challenger or Cuda. Oh, I'd have to say Cuda. <laughs> it's a tough one. I know These it's weird. Meant to be I, easy. You know, I just said Dodge, not Plymouth, but I, I'd go Cuda. <laughs> um, this kind of goes back to your early history with Mopars. As far as Vipers go, RT10 or GTS? Uh, GTS, no question. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, really quick, that car, that Viper that you were introduced to, that you had your job around, was it a GTS? We had multiple. that They, they would, they would uh, file through all the time. So we had RTs, we had GTSs. Um, oh, cool. But the, the GTS to me, you know, with the, the original GTS, with the bubble roof, yeah. um, it's it's timeless. It's classic. I actually have a friend of mine who, who just moved to Florida, and he's got a, I think it was a 97. It's red. He put Gen 5 wheels on it. He put a modern, uh, like, kind of a lip spoiler on the back. He had a little splitter in the front. Looking at those pictures of that car, you couldn't tell. Most people look at that and go, that's a new one. And it's a 97. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's such a <laughs> classic design. And just the way it's styled and everything that, 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 that to me is a, uh, if I, if I had an unlimited checkbook, that'd be a car I don't want. It's a, an original GTS. There's no question. Yeah. I still, I still stand firm that that is one of the best exotic looking cars I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, aside from all the muscle cars and stuff, there's just something about the Viper that God, it's just a beautiful car. Every time I see one, I, I never think, God, that looks outdated. Or right. even the RT10s, I'm just like, gosh, that's so, they're so poster car to me. Right. Because that's what they were when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. So The original um, RTs definitely. were so funny, though, with, uh, I mean, they, they had Jeep windows, right? You had the curtain windows. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, who? Who signed off on this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's be honest. They were they were pieces of junk, but <laughs> they were still cool nonetheless. Oh, they yeah, had their issues, but cool. they're definitely such a cool. Funny thing of design a car that's designed to be never at the top of <laughs> ever. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> that and hey, it's designed to kill you. So be yeah. careful. <laughs> if it doesn't kill you, it'll scar um, you on your calf. Yeah. I've always wondered how. How hot those things really do get? Like, how burned are you going to get? You, you, you know they, I mean? they call it a viper bite. Really? Yes, that's the term for it when you <laughs> when you you know flip your leg over and you don't give enough space and you hit the side and it burns you. It's the viper bite. <laughs> Have you ever had a chance to drive a viper? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. This is perfect because I've never talked to somebody who's driven the new craziness and a viper. So tell us the experience. Ah. Uh, Viper is a, it's, it's a, it's a obviously completely different animal. It's, it's all analog, right? There's no, yeah. there's no digital anything. It, it's a, it's a very pure car. I, I didn't, when I was driving the Viper, it was 
basically like around a block. It was not a sure go drive it hard or anything like that. I mean, we got on a little bit, but um, it, it was, it's still, you can just, you can feel it in the car. It's like everything, like everything you do, you can, it, it's, it, it's just inputted through the steering wheel, through the shifter, through the, you know, pedal, everything, you just feel it. And there's definitely a level of, uh, of disconnect with the new cars that don't have that direct feel, you know, that's just yeah. not the same. So yeah, it was, uh, but it's, it's not saying one's better than the other. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah, a, sure. it's definitely, it's a different beast. Completely different. Awesome. What was it a GTS or RT10? RT10. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right, moving on. That was a fun talk about Vipers. I don't get to talk about Vipers enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> number four, this is kind of thrown back a, f- a few years ago and then right in today's world. SRT10 Ram truck or the new TRX? Oh, I have to, I, oh boy, that's a tough one, but I'd go TRX. Because you can okay. basically, you could basically take your TRX and turn it into an SRT10, right? I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you sure. can street an uh, TRX. Um, I, I will, I will tell you. Those, sorry to keep sidetracking you. I got to see the TRX no last worries. year in Detroit. Um, oh. We went to the uh, product design office and got to see it. And I designed two different levels of NDA just to get into the building to go see them. And uh, and I'm sure that's all expired now because the car's been released. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't sue me. But uh, yeah. get, getting to see the car then it was it was hilarious. And uh, Mark Tossel, one of the designers, he goes, "You know, it's TRX, right?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And he goes, "It's T-Rex." You know what T-Rex eat? Yeah. Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, it just I just died hearing the the designer of these cars saying that of like. And, you know, it's so petty, and I love it. (laughs) Oh, no, absolutely. As soon as they (laughs) said what it was going to be named, I knew exactly why. Yeah. And it, you know, goes back to the genius marketing. And I never really thought of it as petty. Yeah. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to describe it because it totally is. Especially, like, when they put out the 392 Jeep right after the Bronco. so petty, too. It was like, you guys. And it it was like... I love it. I love that you guys are doing this. Yeah. But, you know, in all fairness for Dodge, though, I mean, Dodge has been toying in the TRX name for a long time. Yeah. Well yeah. before that, I think 2015 was the, was the when it came out. But even way back farther, they had a 6x6 by the name of TRX. And I think, what was that like? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, uh, was that 96, 97? Somewhere in that range? Hmm. But it was oh, wow. a six by six concept car that they call a concept truck that they called T Rex. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm a Mopar guy, and the first concept TRX that I saw, I was like, okay, you guys can do a little better than that. Yeah. You know, and when it was finally like, oh, it's, they're gonna, you know, unveil it, I was beyond surprised. Right. Happy. I. They blew that thing. I mean, God, that thing is awesome. It looks good. They just, and I got to be 100% honest here. I am not the biggest fan of the new body style of Ram trucks. There's certain things about them that it's just not me. I I can't stand the chrome on them sometimes. It just depends on the color. And uh, there's some, something about them that it it has to be the right one for me to go, okay, that, that's a pretty truck. The other ones I'm like, okay, maybe if I was 90 years old, (laughs) (laughs) and I, and I drive a truck that should be an old man truck, to be honest with you. But, um, that's really cool that you got to check it out. Uh, ahead of time. See, that's why Dodge won't get a hold of me because I've got a, you know, my 
my gig is talking. So they like right. can't tell well, this guy. I'm sure that, no, they, they were paying attention to my social posts and making sure that I wasn't blabbing like a little schoolgirl. So we were. It's fun having the inside, though. It's fun knowing oh, it something was, that nobody it, else does. It was fun. It was definitely. It was just even seeing how the cars are designed and they, how they still work with clay. And we go down to this level. Cool. And as soon as the door opens, you just. The overwhelming smell of clay was amazing. Um, that they're oh, still cool. working with clay as a medium to to visualize what these cars are going to look like it was just so cool to see that whole process wow. and um, you know their design studies and getting into the design dome um, to see some of the other vehicles and we saw the uh, they, they didn't take the sheets off for us but the the Grand Wagoneer was in there uh, when we were there. Oh, was, we went, oh, dude, I want to see it. I'm going to take them off, but yeah. that was pretty cool yeah. to be able to know that, that was there and. Wow. Um, and to see all that stuff come out was pretty fun. Dodge, I was just kidding. I would never tell anybody if I signed an agreement. <laughs> you can. <right. laughs> I promise. I promise. Nobody even listens to this show. I, you don't have to worry about nothing. So reach out to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. There you go. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, you're a family guy, so I'm curious where you would land on this. Hellcat Durango or Trackhawk Cherokee? Ooh. Grand Cherokee. Durango, just because I think uh, having that extra row of seats uh, would be helpful. You know, if the kids had friends and they wanted to tag along, you could throw them in the back. Yeah, that one really excited me. I I thought it was going to be the Super Stock Challenger that really would resonate with me after it was all over. But there's something about an 11 second Durango that I'm just like, there they go again. Right. Completely ludicrous, out of their minds, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I know you're a fan of these cars like I am, A12s, oh. the original. And, yep. you know, that's – you wrote an article about comparing the 1320 as, as the modern-day A12, yep. and I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly what it is, and that's why I love Dodge. Going back again to their crazy – just the whole history. It's funny how, like, history repeats itself. Yeah, but absolutely. I, um, that, was, that was definitely uh, – a fair comparison and I think very accurate, but I'm curious where you land. I know where I land on this when it comes to a 12s. Would you rather have the 69 and a half super B or roadrunner? Oh, I wish I could have them both. I mean, really, I mean, there's parts of, yeah, uh, there's parts, <laughs> I, I, the yep. side profile, of the roadrunner, I, I like it better. I, I don't know what it is about the side profile of the roadrunner yeah. that I like better, but I do. But I like the six-pack on the hood. I don't like six-barrel. <laughs> There's parts of that. I, I, I like the front end of the Dodge better. I like the front end of, of, of that better, too. So, I, you know, keep my allegiances straight, I'd probably end up saying Dodge. But, yeah. 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 No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't. We, we think, I wouldn't say we think no, alike, my friend. Them, no. Neither would I. It is definitely. I believe you said it. It's one of your dream cars. It's definitely oh, one of mine. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, they they really just hit it out of the park with that car too. Um, and then the modern day thirteen twenty. As soon as that the thirteen twenty came out, I was like, oh, I mean, modern day twelve easily. And you wrote that article, and I saw it, and I was like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, Cheers to, me, to it's that. Like, it's it's not the fastest car on the planet, just like the A12 wasn't back then either. I mean, there were cars that were faster. Mm. You know, you had the A990, whatever those were. You know, you yeah, had other yeah, cars that yeah. were doing that, but it was a low buck, stripped down, let's go race. 
purpose built. That's yeah. you know, that's all it was. Um, that's one thing I can say about Chrysler and their whole the early super stocks, the late 60s in the super stocks, and then, you know, coming out with the 1320 and then saying, you know what, we're not done. Let's go ahead and call this new challenger the super stock. It's just like, gosh, you guys got to keep doing this to me. Yeah. I, I'm kind of mad at Dodge because I'm like, you can't keep coming out with vehicles that I want because I can't have them all. Right. <laughs> and that that's a tragedy to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, the super stocks, that, that was the other information that came out today, I think, or today or yesterday. You only built 200 of those. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Now, and then they do things like that where I'm like, oh. model year, so there's that. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine we'll carry over to 2021 because they, you know, Dodge wants to sell as much of that demon tech that they can to get their money back out of yeah. it. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that, that kills me too when they. Do, yeah, that kills me when they do those limited runs. I I think they're only doing the Hellcat Durango for one year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, one year is it? Uh, do they have a production number, or is it just as many as many get as ordered? Sell. Really? Yep. Yeah. See, that pisses me off too because I'm like, so now I have to get a used one because I'll never be able to buy a new one. Right. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's shut her down with this one, bud. I'm curious where you fall on this. Four twenty six Hemi, or modern six point four. The Gen 3. Well, it's tough because they're both really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, one just has a little bit more heritage. I'd probably go the 426, even though it'd probably be the most unreliable, untunable engine ever. <laughs> um, yeah. But just to say that you had an original Gen 2 426, I mean, how could you pass that up? Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to. Yeah. <laughs> that does it, man. Well, very good. It was. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, it's been almost two hours. I <laughs> I try not to I try not to kill my friends Friday nights, but it seems to happen all the time. Yeah, but, hey, I'm all right <laughs> but, with it. We're we're good to go. No, I anytime I get a chance to talk Mopars with one of my friends, and this is the first time we've actually had a chat. Yeah, you know, other than online, so this was a good break of the ice. I've got so many people that I need to meet up with in Vegas for beers. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Well, um, well, when you make it to Vegas, schedule Tuesday night for beers at Mopar because they have the beer okay. wagon yeah. out. It's perfect. All right. All right. See, I you gotta show me around that because yep. I have no idea. I'm, I'll be new in those parts. <laughs> but but I really appreciate you coming on. Tell the listeners of Talking Mopars where they can find your stuff, where they can get Car Tech books, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, the CarTech Books one's is easy. It's just cartechbooks.com. Or you can shop Amazon and search those titles. They're, they're there as well, too. Your bookstores have them. Someone has them. Um, you're looking for me, it's at Scat Pack Club on Instagram. That's where you're going to find me and acting a fool. And, yeah, that's just that's that's really about the two part places you'll find me. CarTechbooks.com and Scat Pack Club on Instagram. All right, everybody, go to cartechbooks.com. Check out all the titles. They've got plenty of awesome Mopar titles there. And if you're a car buff like I am, they've got all sorts of content and and just books that you want to read. Trust me. I have quite a few myself. Actually, I actually looked at my shelf and I was like, I got a, quite the little collection going on here. And um, the book that Bud was talking about earlier the scat pack and rapid transit system book that 
goes over the marketing history that Chrysler, um, their their marketing program back in the day. It's such a cool book. All the old ads are in it. it. It's awesome. Go check that book out. There's only limited quantities left, so get it now. Also, follow Bud at Scat Pack Club on Instagram. That's it, my friends. Thank you once again, Bud, and I'd love to have you back, man. Yes, Whenever you got play. other Anytime, stuff man. going, all that fun stuff. Always good to Always a good time to talk Mopars. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I can always tell when it's time to shut it down because I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I can always tell when I'm starting to get tired because I can't talk. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I'm just going to throw stuff at him and hopefully he keeps the conversation going because I cannot talk. Yeah, I can still think. I just can't talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? But all right, bud. It was good talking to you, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining me on part two of this installment of Direct Connections featuring my friend Bud Kleppy. Remember, folks, CarTech Books is offering listeners of the show 30% off the book, Dodge, Scat Pack, and Plymouth Rapid Transit System, Chrysler's Muscle Car Marketing Programs 1968 to 1972. When you enter the coupon code TALKINGMOPARS at checkout, that's TALKINGMOPARS, all one word. So head on over to CarTech Books and order now while supplies last. Also, don't forget to cast your vote on the transmission that will be going in the Build Mopar project car, the Dart Pack. You can do that over at buildmopar.com. And for those of you who want a modern Hemi in an old Mopar, cruise on over to DIYHemi.com and let's continue to Hemi swap the world. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or you can leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. One last thing before we go, I recently reconstructed TalkingMopars.com so that it makes it a little easier to navigate, easier to listen to the show, and it's also easier than ever to visit the merch shop. So if you go over to TalkingMopars.com and in the menu click Talking Mopars Merch, you will automatically be linked to the merch shop where you will find all the current Talking Mopars merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, stickers, mugs, and more. Ordering products not only helps support Talking Mopars, but also gives you something cool in return. So go get something cool today. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Direct Connections. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.